Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. If you've been listening lately, you know that I am interviewing people who I was with at the National Speakers Association. Two episodes back, I was with Manly Feinberg, and we actually did the interview live in Phoenix at the conference, and it was on the last day, and I realized, oh my gosh, I am surrounded by some amazing thought leaders who are entrepreneurs, who are doing so many amazing and thoughtful things that I have to, I have to get these people on the show. So on my flight home, I made a list of who were my friends and who were the people who I met who I just thought, wow, this person is doing cool things, and I am doing a whole series of people who are from the National Speakers Association, and today we have Melissa Nixon. Now, I'd never met Melissa before, but I ended up sitting down at a table next to her, and we had, I don't know, maybe a 20 or 30-minute chat, and she is absolutely delightful, and she is a person who has just decided to go out and create her own way as a professional speaker and as an executive coach, and she's just doing great things. And I said, would you please, would you please come on to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do and share your journey with the listeners? So Melissa Nixon, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom, how are you? So excited to be here on your podcast today with all of the other amazing professionals that you met from the NSA conference and your audience. So thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad to hear. I'm so glad to hear that you're excited to be here because we're going to deliver just a great show for everybody today. So could you please start off by telling everybody about your business? Because if I lined up 10 professional speakers, I would have 10 very different business models. So why don't you tell everybody who is Melissa and what makes you fantastic? Oh, yes. What makes me fantastic. No. Um, so I have a personal professional development company, like many of the colleagues that you've probably been interviewing and that you also network with on a daily and weekly basis. I'm based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I am the founder of the Courageous Life Academy, um, more so because the Courageous Life is a brand, I would say, that found me, Tom. Everyone my entire life and career has watched how I lived and executed both um, from a corporate perspective and business and said, Melissa, oh my gosh, you're so courageous. And I didn't really feel like that was something that um, was just I was just doing what I wanted to do and making sure that I was living and leading a life to the fullest. And so what I decided to do was turn exactly what I was doing into a business and started teaching others. So I would be in in corporate America when I worked there years ago. I would find that there were leaders who, even at the highest level, would come to me for advice and how should I say this and how do we um, uh, relay this message to our employees helping them with, um, to voice their courage, um, to voice their courage. Um, in business, I have entrepreneurs that are ready to do new things. Uh, and they're trying to figure out how do I step out and do it? So I'm the one that pushes people over the edge and gets them not only to be inspired, but to act on the things that they know they're supposed to do. So I love the name, the courageous life Academy, because I think that's what all of us who have that entrepreneurial spirit in order to get sort of off the chair and into the, into the weeds, if you will, we need to be courageous. And so, you know, what led you to sort of having this personality trait to, to being courageous enough to start your own business? You said that you were in corporate America. What led yes. you, what led you to take the jump? Well, there's nothing like a good layoff that'll push you into your dream. <laughs> you, you, know? and, you and me both. <laughs> you and me both. 
But in all honesty, um, I, I've desired and had this dream of being a professional keynote speaker and trainer since I was in high school, since the since I was in the 12th grade. And it's one of those things I did what I was supposed to do. I went to school, I graduated, I got a good job, and then I started climbing the corporate ladder like most people. Um, and someone asked me the other day yesterday, well, what's the regret that you have or do you have any? And I said, you know what? It would be not starting sooner. I wish I had started what I'm doing sooner, 10 years ago versus 10 years later. But I did what I was supposed to do in corporate America. And always I started investing in myself, Tom, and started pursuing it and getting coaches and all of that. But I was still there was something that said I'm close to jumping, but I was just I was comfortable. There's nothing like rethinking living a leaving a six figure plus salary that makes you say, I think I'll stay here a few more weeks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I went through that layoff and I knew the way that it happened and how it happened, that it was time. And not only did I know that it was time, everyone else around me that was close and in, in my inner circle knew that it was time as well. And I did not look back. As a matter of fact, it was the very first, the next day I was getting on a plane to a conference um, for my business. And I stopped to the Office Depot store, not knowing that I would be laid off the day before. And it just got business cards. And I haven't looked back since. And that was three years ago. So, you know, you and I have a lot in common because it was April 1st, 2009, when I went into my corporate marketing job into the office and the CEO and the head of HR pulled me in and they laid off 50 people in a company of about 100 all on that day. And, and they did them sort of one by one. And I was brought in and, and sort of shown to the door. And on that day, I decided, all right, I'm going to go and pursue this this dream of, of being a professional speaker and professional master of ceremonies. And here's the interesting thing. If you were to ask me, what's your one regret? I have the same regret. Now, I'm a lot older than you. You're young. But no. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had started this instead of in my early 40s. I wish I had started this in my 20s. And it's funny because I interviewed John Petz from National Speakers Association on the last episode before yours. And uh, we talked about the fact that nobody comes out of high school saying, I want to be a professional motivational speaker. And we said, well, there are some people. And yet apparently you're one of those people who, who kind of had that. So what was it yes. inside of you as a, as a teenager? I mean, I wish that I'd started this when I was 19. What was it inside of you that made you even think this was a real thing? Yeah, so it's interesting because a lot of people, that is the one question that I get all the time when you talk about purpose. And Melissa, how did you know? I get that question a lot, um, especially as you get, you know, p deal with people that are in their 30s, 40s and 50s that are in these careers that are good, but it's just not fulfilling as, as, as they thought it would be years ago when they started on the journey. And so for me, I don't know if I knew if I could have buttoned it up and bottled it up into a package of motivational speaker, but I literally, I had a vision where I saw myself standing on stage, encouraging and inspiring um, all of those that were in the audience. And it was a pretty large audience. And that vision is still clear to me to this day. Uh, what I did not know was, you know, I don't didn't know what to call it or how you went about it. And that's how I ended up on my long career journey in HR and organizational development. But at the same time, even with that, when I got into the training aspect of thing and things and the facilitation of things, I knew that there was still something inside of me that said that this is good, but I know that I'm supposed to be doing something more. 
Well, and it, it always went back to that vision. Well, and it's so interesting because, you know, I, my, my older brother got the opportunity, I don't know, five, six years ago. He was in the city where I live visiting, and I had an early morning speech at an executive club and a bunch of business people. And I said, do you want to get up at 7 in the morning and come with me downtown? I'm going to do an hour-long keynote at this, this breakfast to about 100 people. And he came along, and afterwards, my other two brothers called, and they said, what, what, was he any good? Because they've never seen me do this. And his mm. comment, he was very complimentary. But then he said, you know, we spent our whole lives trying to get him to shut up because he always talked so much. He goes, nobody ever told him he could monetize it. This is a real business. And I always joke right. that, you know, I had an eighth grade teacher who I wanted to be like a writer. I want to write books. And she said, you're not, you, you're not good enough. You know, your writing isn't good enough. Your grammar isn't proper. You know, you're never going to be able to write books. Well, now I've written 11. And I would like to go and find that eighth grade English teacher and say, why would you tell an eighth grader? They can't do what they say they want to do. I wish I wish I could transport back in time and have people say, hey, yes, you can. If you want to be a writer, if you want to be a speaker, these are real things. They're not easy, but they're real right. things. And I, I didn't start till I was almost 40 or maybe even after 40 to really pursue it. And I wish wow. that somebody would have told me when I was a teen that you can do this so that I could have had that vision that you had for that mm -hmm. extra 20 years. Oh, gosh, that is so awesome. The thing that I want to add to Tom is, are you hearing feedback? Nope, I'm good. Okay, good. Um, the thing that I want to add to that, Tom, is a lot of times you said that if for you, it was your eighth grade teacher. For a lot of times, for a lot of people, it's themselves. So for me, I didn't necessarily have anyone that was negative to say, you can't do it. It was just me getting in my own way. I, can't, I remember the last corporate role I had, I said, okay, I'm only staying here five years. And then five and a half years came, six years came, seven years came. And I kept thinking every day I stayed over five years, Melissa, when are you going to take the jump? When are you going to step out on your own? And so I'm like you, whether it's the eighth grade teacher that we need, we can Google right now and send her a copy of all of your 11 books or <laughs> to the I, audience I, member. I've actually tried. I can't find her. You can't find her. No, I tried. <laughs> To the audience member that it's not their eighth grade teacher, but it's themselves. At some point in time, we have to be able to deal with either one of those people, either the teacher or ourselves to say, it's time. Like, I have to stop living in, I don't know if it's fear for some people, but my biggest thing, and I tell people all the time, is that I'm not afraid of failure. I'm more afraid of regret. I don't want to get to 50. I don't want to get to 60 and have this whole list of, I wish I had. If I had only started it then, I'm too old now. Like, I don't want that, Tom. <laughs> so three years ago, you got laid off and you, you made this leap. So what do you love about the life you've created as an entrepreneur? Everything. So <laughs> <laughs> everything. Um, it's been a, definitely a hard journey, but I absolutely love, of course, the freedom that it brings. But I love getting able to pursue what I honestly feel like I've been created on earth to do. So you talked about writing 11 books. For me, I didn't discover writing until I started on this journey. I don't know if I would have ever discovered writing or the love of it um, and that I was any good at it unless I had started on this journey because I was so caught up in my nine to five. So I found a new love and a new um, new gifts in, in writing and blogging and just came out with my first book, The Career. I'm working on 11. I'm going to work up to number 11, Tom. But <laughs> hey, right now, hey, one, we're gonna... <laughs> one is huge. One is right. a huge accomplishment. 
Exactly. So, right now, we are going to celebrate number one, which just released last month, um, The Courageous Life, How to Leap from Your Career to Your Calling. Exactly what we're talking about today. I absolutely love being able to help others pursue what they're supposed to be doing as well. So I do that through keynote speaking and training and also with my coaching clients that I um, work with individually as well. So The Courageous Life, tell us a little bit more about the book. Yeah. So I had a number of book ideas that I decided that I was uh, wavering back and forth between um, when I said, okay, I'm ready to put some of a lot of what I've been writing about and blogging about together um, in a compilation. And it was, do I, do I start off with this amazing corporate business book that'll get me booked all over the country speaking? Or do I start off with the courageous life, how to leap from your career to your calling? And while I know there are several business books coming around leadership and owning your voice and owning your seat at the table, I really wanted to reach the audience that has been following me for the last three years, so excited about my journey and trying to figure out how do I do it for myself? I really wanted to provide tools and resources for those that ask me the question sincerely, Melissa, how did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Because many people are operating in a great nine to five, but they, I, I wouldn't think that they would say it's for some, it's not purposeful, it's not fulfilling. So what is? And so I not only share my own story, but I share some stories of some amazing other leaders who have done something similar in reference to the, uh, there's an interview that I did with the astrophysicist. There's one that I did with the world-renowned classical pianist. All of them have crazy careers that you would think, I could never do that. A celebrity interior designer, all the things that you could look at someone and say, yeah, that's for them. I could never do that. And they're everyday average people who have just made, taken a stance and said, this is what I want to do. And here's how I did it. And then I tell about the process of what it really takes to leap from your career that you're in right now to the thing that you feel like you've been placed on this earth to do, whether that's a keynote speaker like you and I, Tom, or whether that's going off and going back to school to become an astrophysicist, whoever wants to do that. That's my best friend, by the way. And I'm like, what do you do again for a living? So, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I really wanted to provide something, a tool that, cause it, for me, and here's, here's the big why. When I started, I didn't, there weren't any resources that existed like that. For me, there's tons of books on purpose. There's tons of resources, materials, blogs, websites, but I couldn't find this resource that I just written, that I just wrote to really say that you can do it. Have someone that was average, everyday person that was doing it and also knew some other people that were doing it as well. We can all relate to the seven figure business owner and the celebrities that we follow. But who's the person in our everyday life that has finally taken a stance and say, here's what I'm doing. It's successful. And let me show you how to do it, too. So where can people find the book? Amazon.com, the world's largest online store. I've heard of that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think that's going to catch on. I think, think that, so? <laughs> I think that Amazon thing is going to catch on. So great. Yeah. And if they go and they search, it's The Courageous Life and Melissa yep. Nixon, they're going to find the book. It'll come up at the very top of the page. So The Courageous Life, um, as well as Melissa Nixon, it'll show right up. And you'll be able to see not only just um, the book and what it says, but there are some amazing reviews of people that have already, even in the last couple of months during our pre-launch and during the first month of sales, um, that have had a lot of amazing things to say about it. Um, and not only just what how great the book is, but how it's impacted their lives. So check those out as well. 
So, Melissa, if someone's listening to this podcast and they're thinking, I, I need to be more courageous, I, I want to take that leap, what advice do you have for somebody who, who isn't going to be as fortunate as you and I to get laid off? What advice, do you, <laughs> right. you know, because we're so lucky. What, what <laughs> advice do you have for somebody who, who's out there dreaming of, of living this life you talk about? What advice do yeah. you have? There's a couple of different things, Tom. The one thing that I will say is while, yes, I went through a layoff is one thing because people could say, oh, you went through a layoff. Like, that's easy. You, you lost a job. You can now, of course, you can do it. Right. Um, that doesn't take a whole lot of courage. But the courageous thing that that it did take was me making a, a choice to leave my career. I had a choice that next day. And when I came back from that business conference to say, I can either try to do this on the side and still look for another six figure job or I can go all in and say, this is what I'm going to do for, for the rest of my life. And I made that decision. The next thing that I did was it wasn't when I got laid off, what I'm doing now, it wasn't new news. It wasn't my day one. I had already started planning my first event before I got laid off. I had already started um, hosting um, and, and inquiring about um, coaching programs. I had already, I was already on the journey. So if there's anything that I would tell someone that, has a desire to live the life that you and I are living, Tom, it is that one, take action, take action, find the space. I know we're busy with families. I know we're busy with work. I know we're busy with community, extracurricular activities. But the only way that something like a layoff will ever catch us off guard is if we haven't been preparing for what's next. And I was already preparing for what was next and ready for what was next. I just hadn't made that leap yet at least 12 to 24 months prior to it happening. So that is the biggest thing that I would tell someone is to prepare. A lot of times it doesn't take some big layoff to happen. I tell people all the time that courage is about movement, not magnitude. And if you're willing to do the small actions every day, day after day, then you can still build your business while you're working until you're ready to say now is the time. So Melissa, was this your first year attending the National Speakers Association or had you been before? No, it was. It was my first year attending. I'm so excited that I was able to make it. So one of the things that I tell everybody, regardless of what industry they're in, is how important it is to get involved with your industry associations. And I get so much pushback from speakers and from plumbers and from everybody, you know, that's like, you know, I always tell people that I'm a joiner. So if I was a plumber, I would be a member of the National Plumbers Association. If I was a locksmith, I would be a member of the National Locksmith Association. But I'm a professional speaker. So I'm a very active member of the National Speakers Association. And the reason I do this is I believe if you want to do anything – You have to get around people who are doing it. And I get so much pushback from people who go, I don't want to invest my time or money around competitors. I only want to go where people who can hire me are. And it makes me kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit because it's like if we look at everybody, I only want to be around people who have a pork chop around their neck and I'm a hungry wolf who haven't eaten. Then it's like, we just devour people. Why do you think it was important and why was it a good experience for you? to come to NSA and be around people who are, who are living the life that you're living. Yeah. So, so two quick things for that, Tom, is one, I absolutely believe in being a part of community and relationships. So while this was my first and building relationships, I should say, while this was my first conference, I've been a part of mastermind groups and um, other uh, associations pro- uh, well over the course of the three years prior to attending um, the conference in Phoenix and 
that's the only way that I'm still here. Building a business is hard work and I would not have been able to do it or sustain myself if I had not surrounded myself with other like-minded people is number one. Number two is even though I'm at year three, there are sometimes the biggest thing that we will ever deal with in our career and in our business is mindset. So I've had some amazing wins and even with those amazing wins, Tom, there are things that I say I should be along, I should be further along, or I'm not far, far enough, or you just you 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 do so much damage to yourself. The best night for me, and there were so many sessions, but the best night for me was the gala, because at that gala, I was able to watch people receive awards that have been in the industry for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. That made me to, that allowed me to realize that, Melissa, all you have to do is keep going. All you have to do is keep getting up day after day and giving it everything you have and stop being so hard on yourself about where you think you should be in year three. Because in in 17 more years, that'll be you on stage. Well, gosh, that is such good advice. I actually talked to one of the people who was inducted into the, the Speaker Hall of Fame. And for those of you outside the business, yes, there is such a thing. And she had been in the business, I don't remember, but I think it was close to 30 years. But she also had been nominated for the Hall of Fame like 12 times over you know, the last 15 years or whatever. And she said she just never worried about it. She just kept going out and serving her audiences and doing the best job. And you know, she would find out she was nominated and she wasn't selected. And she said she sort of felt like Susan Lucci, right? You were always, always nominated and never got it. But I thought, wow, that's so interesting that I've only been doing this for seven years. And you know, it would be another seven to 10 years before I would even ever be nominated. So I can't worry about the future awards, all I can do is go out and be the best that I can be every single time I get the opportunity to work with a client. And with that, longevity, you know, brings success. There's something to be said for that. So I think you bring up really good advice that when you're in year three of any career, I think sometimes people look, you know, to the people who are the outliers who are at the tippy top and they think, oh, that should be me. Well, you know, it's it's that, you know, 10 years to being an overnight success. It, it takes a right. long time to be mm-hmm. that overnight success. There's lots of overnights involved in that. And I think you bring up a really good point. Yeah, yeah. So the one thing that I would encourage anyone to do, if you are in the professional speaking industry, we hope to see you next year in Orlando or whatever your industry is as a business owner and entrepreneur, get involved. There's community and there are relationships that you never know who will refer you. You never know who you can refer and how you'll be able to serve those that are around you. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. Hey, Melissa, I've got a couple more questions, but first, mm-hmm. but first I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They do all the heavy lifting and they set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the technical work. I'm going to be honest. I couldn't get this show done if after I did the recording, I had to go and take out the little parts where we need to clean it up. And if I had to put the header and the footer, you know, intro and outro into it and then upload it so that it will be there on iTunes, I just wouldn't do it. Podfly does that for me. They do it so that I can focus on creating great content, growing my audience, and interviewing really cool people like Melissa Nixon. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Melissa, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, 
Everyone who's listening right now wants to know, what's the coolest thing you're doing with your business? The coolest thing I'm doing right now, we are on a blitz marketing campaign for the Courageous Life. We're also planning a tour for this fall. We'll be going to some cities on the East Coast um, to both not only do book signings, but to also pull together some entrepreneurs that are ready to figure out how do I make my business profitable? There's one thing to be in business and to start a business. There's another thing to be able to have profit. So we'll be doing those sessions and we're planning for that as well as our fall retreat coming up. Lots of fun things. Go ahead. If people want to know about things like your fall retreat and all these cool things, where would they find you? They would find me at CourageousLifeAcademy.com as well as Melissa J. Nixon on any social media outlet, Twitter, LinkedIn, as well as Facebook. So it's Melissa J. Nixon. Nixon. Don't miss out the J or you'll get some other Melissa Nixon and she's not going to be as cool (laughs) as Melissa J. Nixon. Yes. And then it's Courageous Life Academy if you want to find out more about all that she's doing. Yes. Dot com. So, Melissa, I love to ask this next question of the people Mm -hmm. who come on my show because I think in addition to just wanting to do great things that I think good entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask, who do you see out there? Not someone in your business. You know, not someone who works for you or not you, but who's someone you watch and you think, wow, they're crushing it. You know, there are two women that I absolutely love to watch. Um, we always talk about branding and what's the right thing to do in any, in any industry. There's always this template or this go to. You asked me a great question um, the night that we met of what makes you different. And I follow these two women because they're doing exactly what I want to do and how I want to do it in talking about courage. And one is Brene Brown and the other is Margie Worrell. I believe she's um, from Australia, if I'm not mistaken. And I absolutely love how they are changing the industry, impacting the industry and encouraging both men and women uh, worldwide to live more courageous and braver lives um, for their careers and families. That's awesome. So my final question is, in addition to being a great observer, I think entrepreneurs want to do more than just make money. I think they, I think they want to give back to the greater good. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? One, I serve locally um, in my local church. Um, I believe that is one of the things that not only fuels me, but fuels those that are attending each and every week. And then the other thing is, I, I believe while I do have a coaching business, I also don't believe in sitting back and watching someone um, completely struggle. So there's a young lady, um, even tonight that I'm talking with, that I know that she can be doing more in her business. So we're just I reached out to her and I said, hey, let's talk on Sunday night. It's not about here's my fee and here's how much it charge, how much I charge and, you know, all of that. But I really, you know, even though with a business model such as mine, there are times that I do believe I need to serve and show up in a different way because I always have that to come back to me in, in some form or fashion. That is so refreshing because so I talk to so many people and, you know, even though I do some coaching and, and I'm really involved in this business, you know, I still look for the right person to guide me. And sometimes people are like, oh, I want this big sum of money up front and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow, that doesn't seem like a win-win type deal. And I recently found someone who I'm going to do some work with who basically said, I want to take it in baby steps. I don't want to take a lot of your money if I'm not the right person. So I want, you know, this little step. And then if you want to move forward and I want to move forward with you, it's this little step. And I'm like, wow, that, where have you been all my life, Mr. Coach person? Because (laughs) (laughs) he said, he goes, I can't, if, if it's, if I win, no matter what happens to you, I don't win. 
And I was wow. like, wow, I want to hire this guy and give him all my money because I, <laughs> I want I want to win and I want him to win. Let's win together. And exactly. so it's refreshing for that. And the other thing is I had somebody who, small, small business person and needed some advice about speaking as a way to promote his business. And his words were, I probably can't afford you. And I knew he couldn't afford me. And so I said, you know what? Let's just have a cup of coffee because so many people did that for me. You know, let's okay. just have a cup of coffee. I don't need to be paid every time I share a little piece of wisdom. And there right. are pe- there are people who would tell you, oh, well, you're not maximizing that. And it's like, you know, eh, I think sometimes like you're doing for this lady tonight, sometimes you have to just help people. Exactly. Because I've had so many coffee conversations as well, as well as I've invested a ton of money. But I also believe in making sure that I'm giving back in a way that is both beneficial to my business as well as keeps me profitable. <laughs> well, and I could tell when I sat down next to you the other night at the National Speakers Association, I could tell that you're a person with a very big heart who is really trying to make a difference in the world. So I am so excited that we decided to have you as a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So if you want to find out more about Melissa Nixon, once again, it is Courageous Life, is it CourageousLifeAcademy.com? Yes. CourageousLifeAcademy.com. Dot com And then everywhere on social media, it's Melissa J. Nixon. So, Melissa, thanks for being a guest. Thank you so much, Tom. And thank you for sharing your journey with everybody. And for those of you who listened, you know, we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for the listeners. So thank you for coming back week after week and being part of this community. Jump over to the Facebook page and let us know that you're here. Follow us on Twitter, at Cool Podcast. Go over to iTunes and leave a review that says, you know, I just listened to this episode with Melissa Nixon, and it was fantastic, and here's why. Because nothing makes me happier than a positive review on iTunes. Okay, that's not true. There are some things that make me happier, but in this setting, let's just go with that. And then finally, (laughs) if you want to join our group coaching program that we've put together here for the little community of cool things entrepreneurs do, we have the Cool Things Project. And I say we because I facilitate it, but it has become a community of peers. And so the small but mighty group who participate, we do a a call every Monday night, and people, I I thought I was going to have... Uh, all small business people, but I have a university researcher. I have people who work in corporate America, people who have a side hustle, as well as someone who's looking for a new job, all different types of people. And we just basically share ways that we can do cool things in our careers, and it helps every single one of us. So if you want to find out more about that, go to TomSinger.com, go to the About button, pull it down. There's going to be something that says Group Coaching Program. Click there, and you're going to find out everything you need to know about how to join. It's a really, really small investment for a really, really good community of people who get together every week and just sort of keep each other accountable and share ideas. And I think the people who are in it will tell you it's definitely worth the time. So if that interests you, now's the time to join because we're coming into the fall. Let's do cool things together. So once again, thanks for listening. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Melissa. But in the meantime... Go on out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.